Good morning and welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone and on this um, LinkedIn Live slash podcast, we talk about all the things that it takes to be successful, whether it's in business, in your personal life, or even in cooking, which is what I love to do. I found that there's always a special technique or ingredient that are critical to the overall success. So today I'm super excited to welcome Lisa Kruckenberg to our show. Um, Lisa is a rock star, let me tell you, because yesterday afternoon at the last minute, I found out that my regularly scheduled guest was not going to be able to make it. And so I put out um, an, an essentially a help wanted um, on LinkedIn and said, hey, is anybody interested? Do you wanna step up? And Lisa stepped right up to the plate, which is even extra special for me because she was already on my mental Rolodex of people that I wanted to invite on the show. So welcome, Lisa. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. You're someone that I have admired and respected in this industry for a very long time. So it, it's truly my honor to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm excited. So um, the best thing was I always ask my guests to send me a picture, you know, a headshot or bio. And so she sent me her nice professional picture. And then she had the foresight. She probably didn't think about this when she sent it to me, but she sent me this cool picture of her on the top of a mountain. And I'm like, there we go. Now I know what, now I know what our theme or overriding theme of this um, show will be. And I decided to call it climbing the mountain to success because whether you're climbing a real mountain, a career mountain, a family mountain, a personal mountain, there's always the steps that you have to take. So it all lines up. So Lisa, tell me a little bit about what you do professionally when you're not climbing mountains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can't believe I'm about to say this, but for 18 years now, I have been working uh, pretty much exclusively with individual disability insurance. I graduated from Western. Actually, we went to the same school. We did. Um, we did. A few years uh, apart, but we did. <laughs> eh. uh, but I went there and I got my psychology degree because my original plan was to be a criminal profiler for the FBI, believe it or not. And when I graduated, I got this job in insurance to sort of just pay the bills and um, sort of fund my way through my forensics education, which I did ultimately get. But by the time I got there, I was really in love with insurance and in particular with this concept of disability insurance and protecting people's income, you know, one of the worst days of their life when you're too sick or hurt to work. And it's just become a, an all encompassing passion for me. And so my, my current role, I work with advisors, with benefits brokers, insurance agents, and help them understand what's at risk for their client and, and really help build these financial plans that, you know, if you're, I like to say, if your financial plan doesn't self-complete, it's incomplete. Um, and so just giving your clients that peace of mind and, and helping advisors and brokers really communicate that risk to their, to their clients. And it, I just absolutely love what I do. That's awesome. So you got a few initials behind your name. So tell me what those stand for and what they mean. Well, so I have a DIA, which is Disability Income Associate, and I have a DIF, which is Disability Income Fellow. So I have both of the only individual, well, not just individual, but the only disability insurance designations um, available in our industry currently, uh, both through AHIP. And um, yeah, they were fun to get. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, so why do you think that most people 
are so reluctant to purchase disability insurance? Well, you know, number one, it's I'm super fun at parties to talk about our risk of morbidity, right? Everyone <laughs> loves loves to talk about the uh, the odds of being disabled. Um, I think I think we're wired to believe in our immortality, not just with actual dying, but but also with it being able to push through illnesses and accidents. Um, that's one reason. Number two, I think honestly, there's there's just a lot of ignorance out there as to what individual disability really does, um, how it protects you. And, you know, the other thing, honestly, Nancy, I don't think people look at their income as the huge asset that it is. I think people look at this is my every other Friday paycheck or this is my annual income, perhaps. But a lot of people don't realize that their their largest asset is their ability to earn an income that's going to be worth $5 million over their lifetime. Um, I would say at least 10 times the cost of a house, but Lord knows that's, that's nuts. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's one of those things. Um, and again, you know, it's my best friend said he, he ultimately, uh, one of my best friends bought disability insurance and we were in a train in San Francisco on our way to uh, Super Bowl nation to hang out and watch some football. And he was like, you know, Lisa, I'll tell you, I absolutely hate it every month when my premium gets withdrawn from my checking account. He says, but I hate to admit it. The next thought is my wife and my kids are going to be okay if something happens. And I immediately, my reaction to him was, I, I said, you know, you're a story at work now, right? You, you understand <laughs> that, that that's what's just happened here. Um, so I, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I think it's interesting because um, although I per don't personally sell individual disability insurance, I do sell group long-term disability insurance. And oftentimes that's in the form of voluntary coverage. Mm -hmm. And I will be in an employee meeting and we might be having a conversation about, okay, well, here's this accident policy. Here's your vision, you know, voluntary vision, accident, long-term disability. And everyone wants to buy the vision coverage which is going to give them $150, maybe $250 worth of benefit, or the same thing with accident where it's going to pay them $500 if they go to the emergency room. And they don't think about the fact that if they lose their income, they can't buy any of the other insurance that they're choosing. Um, people think that their home insurance and their auto insurance are like the two most important things that they can possibly insure or have. You're not going to have a home if you don't have an income. You're not going to have a car if you don't have an income. So you have to have that foundation. I remember really early in my career where they always um, described it as a disability is the fourth leg of the chair or the stool, and it won't stand up without that, you know, without that income. So I always thought that was an interesting analogy. Yeah, you know, it's our driver of everything that we do, and it's it's just such an enormous risk. So, um, you know, like I said, I've, I've dedicated my life to getting that, this story out there. Um, but yeah, you can't pay for all your other insurances. You can't pay for the, the phone. And, you know, I saw this thing where it's like, I'll, I'll spend a thousand dollars on every, a phone every two years, but I'll tell you what, that's way more than disability insurance premiums would ever be. Um, yeah. so yeah, we've got to take care of ourselves and, and how many GoFundMe accounts have you seen that are really basically because someone is disabled. I mean, that's not what it says. It says, can you please contribute to the Smiths 
Mrs. Smith was just diagnosed with breast cancer and, and, you know, she can't work. And, and we look to our community when we do have a solution that we have access to. Um, so it's a really important story that, that we need to be telling. And yeah, Ruth's I, a great start. It, but, yeah. you know, also not voluntary, but with the group benefits that are, that are taxable, paid for by the employer, it's a fantastic start. But how many millennials do you know that are in the same career they were even in five years ago? We mm-hmm. move companies and we lose those benefits. I mean, yep. you know, as you know better than I do, how many yep. companies don't offer benefits. So, anyway, yes. Yep. Okay, so so I'm curious, how did COVID affect the disability business? Did, were claims up? Was the desire for disability coverage up? Um, how did it affect it? Yeah, I would say, you know, the biggest effect, honestly, that COVID had, I think, on the insurance industry was forcing us out of the dark ages technologically, <laughs> frankly. I, I would agree. You guys are always pretty far behind. <laughs> you know, we were able to develop so you know a more ubiquitous e-app platform, and we can do, um, you know, our, our phone interview now. We can do that online. So I think from a carrier perspective, it really forced us to, to innovate. Um, it also uh, allowed us to make some changes where, for example, we increased our our simplified limits. Um, So we really worked to be more accessible to people and to provide more coverage um, from our standpoint. From a community standpoint, I do think that people are looking at their morbidity and their mortality a little bit more uh, intentionally and thoroughly in a way that maybe we didn't before there was a global pandemic. We really had to pause and and take a look at our lives and our finances. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs this year. And, and while not necessarily due to a medical condition, people know what it's like, that that fear and that discomfort and that, that terror of not having your income. Um, so I do think that um, people are more amenable to the conversation now. Um, my business did grow even, even during the pandemic. So um, Never will be grateful for a global pandemic, of course, but I, uh, I'm happy that people are, are trying to take care of themselves. Yeah. So we've actually known each other for a number of years, um, been associated even before you were the principal. But I didn't know, I think until this last year, I didn't know you lived in Gig Harbor. I didn't know you <laughs> lived in my town. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. So now I'm excited that, you know, we can eventually get together. But so have you always lived in Gig Harbor? So I grew up here. My parents lived two and a half miles down the road um, in the house I grew up in. So I, I grew up here. I was here until I went off to college. I poked around Seattle Bellevue for a handful of years. And then my husband and I bought a house down here in what would that 2017. So I've been back for um, four years now. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Because I think when, when I, um, when we first connected, I don't think you lived here. So that's why when I realized that I was, I was so surprised. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Oh um, yes. I'm a tide, Nancy, believe it or not. You're a tide. Oh, wow. I am a tide. I went from to the Gig other Harbor side of town. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So now I can, we got all the business stuff out of the way. So I'm super excited to get to the good stuff. Like, I can't tell you, like, that picture you sent me, I'm like, ooh, I have all sorts of questions. So the picture you sent me, first of all, I owe you an apology because I noticed when, of course, when I posted that I had an N in your last name and I couldn't go, it won't let me go back and edit it when you do a live stream. So my apologies, everywhere else it's correct. Um, 
I, I think I, I think I always thought it had an N in there, but um, anyway, so back to the mountain. So she sends me this picture of her summoning Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, what? I want to know more about that. Oh man, it was the most incredible experience. And um, it, it's funny because I, I have a, another best friend who I, I call myself the idea guy. I'm really big into, you know, we, let's go do this thing. And she's the one who drives everything and actually plans things out. So I said, you know what we should do? We should climb Kilimanjaro. And she was like, okay. And then for the next year, she like built this plan for us. And the climb itself was as easy as something like that could be because we had trained so heavily. And, and I actually posted this on my LinkedIn the other day. You know, my biggest lesson from that was that the game is not won on game day. The game is won in the months leading up to that, all the training, all the, the conditioning, the dedication. Um, but it was a really beautiful experience. I learned Swahili before I went. Um, because oh, while because everyone everybody there, does that, right? <laughs> well, everyone there speaks English. There, there's two national languages, Swahili and English. Um, but I really wanted to deepen my experience and really connect with people. And, and it was funny because being a six foot one redheaded female on a mountain makes me a little bit differentiated. And so there were guides coming up to me from different groups, um, you know, talking to me in Swahili. And so I had this really rich cultural um, it was phenomenal. It was such a wonderful, wonderful trip. Okay, so okay, I, have, I have a question here. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Judy, thank you for calling me a young lady. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> can you love that? Okay, hang on, love that. hang on a second here. I'm going to see if I can do this. I've not done this before, so we're going to see how this works. Okay, so I'm going to go to this and I'm going to try to share my screen. Okay, so we'll see what happens here. I want to share a window. So, okay, see how it works. Oh, I did it. Uh, okay, so this is Lisa on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, check that out. How cool is that? Um, when was this? What year did this happen? This would have been September of 2017. Okay. Um, so have you climbed any other major mountains? I have. I've climbed, and actually you can see behind me, uh, this right here is my certificate for, uh, oh, you always move backwards on these things. This I know. is my certificate for Kilimanjaro. And this is my uh, certificate of summoning Mount Rainier, which for those of you not listening in our area, it's basically in our backyard here in Gig Harbor. But so I've climbed those, I've climbed St. Helens, I've climbed Adams. Um, and then, you know, all, you know, around here, all the North Bend mountains, all that kind right, of thing. Right, right, well. right. So do you still climb? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have a, I have a big one in the arsenal uh, so, coming up here. Well, that's my next question. What's the, what's the next target? So the next target is uh, Aconcagua which is the tallest mountain outside of Asia, Nepal, that, you know, Everest area. Um, it's in South America on the border of Argentina and Chile, and it's 22,000 feet. Kilimanjaro's 19,341, um, and Aconcagua's 22 and change. So that's the one that we're, we're training for, for our next go. So what language are you learning for this one? <laughs> I'm learning 
Spanish. Um, I'm on my 471st day of Duolingo learning Spanish. Don't ask me to say anything because I'm still not great. Uh, but I do plan to be conversational by the time we go, which in theory is going to be the end of next year. So gracias. Yeah. I figured like, <laughs> so, um, uh, what are you using? Are you doing like a Rosetta Stone or how, what is your typical method for learning a language? Um, yeah. So part of my morning, I have a very specific morning routine. And part of that is I use an app called Duolingo. Um, I, oh, okay. found it, I used it for Swahili as well. I really enjoy it. It works well with how I learn um, and it's free. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, another topic I was really excited to talk with you about is you know, you're a younger female in this industry and you started young as well, like like I did. You started in this industry young. So did you have any mentors when you got started or people that really have helped foster your career and your success? Tons. I have been so lucky to have mentors across genders, across races, across um, different sections of our industry. Um, I think that most people, most of the time, want to help. I really, really believe that. And um, I have very rarely been been told no to at least, you know, a conversation. Um, and it's been really fun because at this stage in my career, I feel I'm paying that forward and, and mentoring the, the folks coming up behind you and I um, in the industry. So, yeah, tons of people have helped me tremendously on my career path. So do you find... I think you're right. I think most people do want to help. I think where sometimes the disconnect is, is especially when you're young and getting started is you want to appear competent and you want to appear that you know what you're doing. And so people don't ask for help enough. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean the easy help, but the help where, you know, I'm really struggling with this concept or I don't know what the next thing to do is. I think people don't ask for help enough because if they did, we'd have a lot more synergy, I think, in, in this industry, at least. I think it. I think it's two things. It's people are afraid to ask. You know, rejection is not a comfortable thing. But I also think that people don't give themselves enough credit for what they have to give back. Um, you know, we all have something we can teach and we all have something we can learn. Um, and I think that owning where you can help people can help give you the courage um, to to reach out to someone who, who can help you. And then, you know, I, it's the other advice I'd have is have a plan, right? Have a specific ask for someone that you want help from. Don't just say, you know, hey, can you mentor me? But say, here's where I struggle or here's where you're great and where I could use some help, 10 minutes. Um, and then something that I do that I actually learned um, from Bob Burke, the writer of The, uh, the Go-Giver. Go-Giver. Yeah, he and I spoke a couple months ago and, and uh, I learned from him, you know, I just I donate a small amount of money to a charity that someone I'm asking for help cares deeply about. So if, if you're very invested in, you know, like for me, Girls on the Run, I love that charity. You know, I'm going to make it's not a huge donation, but it's something where I can I can pay forward, you know, what you've done for me. So. That's awesome. Well, I well, you know, I love I love Bob Berg and I love that the whole go giver um, concept. I just think it's amazing. Um, okay, so on to my five burning questions. Everyone is subjected to them. They're always varied a little bit based on my guess. But the first question never changes. What's your favorite food, and can you cook it? 
Oh man. And I knew that this question was coming from watching your <laughs> podcast as many times as I have. And Nancy, I have to be honest with you. I like burn salad, right? Like I just, <laughs> I am not at home in the kitchen. Um, my favorite food right now is my husband makes a phenomenal chicken fried rice. It is mm. so good. It is better than any restaurant I've ever had. Um, and I ask him to make it really far more often than I should eat a bowl of rice. <laughs> That's okay. I just always, I always like the question. It's always, I just think it's an interesting insight into, into people. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's yeah. just a fun and interesting question. Okay. So I know you love to read because we have had little comments back and forth, um, on our, on our different posts over the, over the last couple of years. So what's your favorite book of all time? And then the follow-up question to that is what's on your nightstand right now? So my favorite book of all time, I think is going to surprise you because you know me pretty well. Um, my favorite book of all time is the bridge to Terabithia. Um, it was recently, recently, maybe five years ago, made into a movie. So if you haven't read it, maybe you saw the movie, but it's this tiny book. It's about a hundred pages. I read it for the first time when I was in like third grade, but it was the first time that I had read something that connected to me on such an emotional level that I cried. It was such an impactful book and that I vividly remember that that book is when I fell in love with reading. And Nancy, you know this about me. I read over a hundred books a year. It's a yep. big part of who I am. And, and I trace it all back to, well, two things, that book. And then the fact that my parents read to me every night forever growing up. Um, which was a really special, wonderful thing. Um, and then what's on my nightstand? Well, one, I'm listening to Story Brand right now. Uh, actually, I like listening to it better. So I listened to it mm -hmm. first, went back and read to take some notes. And then I actually was listening to it again because I, I I don't know why. I'm not normally an audiobook person, but I love that one on audio. Yeah, it's it's going really well. I saw it on, on your post. And then the one I'm physically reading, and I just finished a book last night, so uh, I haven't started it yet. Uh, but Jamie Kern Lima, the founder of It Cosmetics, oh, yes. she just came out with a book. And I love her message of she wanted a thing in the cosmetic market. It didn't exist. So she just went and did the thing. And she was like, well, fine, I'll solve this problem. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what's in her book. Well, that, you'll, have to, you'll have to give me an update. Okay. So this one is a very broad question. And you can answer it in any way that you, that you see fit. Okay. So if you could, you've got the magic wand. You get the wave the magic wand and you could magically get everybody to do one thing that would have a positive impact on their lives. What would it be? Oh, easy. Believe that you are worthy. Whatever it is, the only difference between people who have love and connection and success, and not the only difference, that's, that's not a fair statement, but a big difference between those is believing that you are worthy. Whoever you are and whoever is listening to this, you have skill sets, you have value, and you have things to contribute, and they're and they matter. So just believe in yourself. That would change I love your it. life. That's that's a fantastic answer. Okay, so um, what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? I've already told them about your mountain climbing, so you're gonna have to come up with something else. <laughs> um, well, I think. <sighs> yeah. So I, what you may not know about me is I am also a yoga instructor. I did not know this. This right here is actually my accessible yoga certification. So 
I went through additional training to um, teach chair yoga, yoga in um, in a bed, even in your mind if you can't move. And one of the reasons that this is so important to me is, you know, my entire career has been based on telling people that you might become too sick or hurt to work. You might be disabled and, and having disability be sort of a, a negative. Um, but I think it's really important to know that there are people with disabilities in this world living full, vibrant, incredible lives. And it's up to us as a society to become as accessible as we can so that people have access to yoga or working conditions. Um, and so it, it's, it's something I've been trying to cultivate as sort of the other half of what I do um, to embrace people with disabilities and, and show that while yes, you may become too sick or hurt to work, 100%, you can also have a condition and still live your best life potentially, so. That is amazing. I love how you look at it from a 360, 360 degree approach is that here's what we hope to provide you in the event you are disabled. And then if you are disabled, how can I support that on the other, on the, on the flip side? That's really amazing. Okay. Last question for you today. So who's the one person that you follow on LinkedIn or maybe a podcast that you listen to that you just would love to meet in real life, sit down, you know, share a meal with, have a cup of coffee. Who would you, who would you like to meet? Well, first of all, you and I are on the docket. It's happening. As soon as I get my second shot, yeah. let's, let's go. Yeah. We can't count me. Right. But uh, the other one is Brene Brown. Of I course. think she is phenomenal and her vulnerability and connection work is really important. But another piece that I think she's a little bit less famous for, but which resonates with me really well is um, her quote that says, stories are data with soul. And I think that so much of what we do involves storytelling um, around those, you know, no fun at party statistics. <laughs> so um, I really, everything she says really resonates with me. And I've been, she has one book I haven't read yet. And I'm like waiting, cause I'm not ready to be done. Um, so soon I will probably go ahead and crack that last one. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm normally I would just sign off, but I, I kind of want to come back around and tie this all in again with, um, you know, one of the things you talked about with the, what you learn from climbing a mountain is that, that you don't win on game day. And I think that's such an important point and it really ties into everything that we're trying to do, whether it's in cooking, whether it's in baking, whether it's in business, whether it's in our personal life, we have to put the work in to get the success that we want. Because when it's time to step up, we've already got the muscle memory. We know what to do. And I think that that's just a, a, a really fantastic way of looking at things. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I, as you and probably many people know, I, I love my Peloton. And uh, I swear I get more inspirational quotes from some of those instructors than you would believe. But, but and, and this probably was an original, but I heard it on my Peloton and it stuck with me. And one of the sayings was, you can't be mad about the success you don't have for the work that you haven't done. Ooh, I like and, that. And I think that you know, it's saying the same thing, but somehow it just kind of flips it in your brain just a little bit and reminds you, it's up to you. You've got yep. to do the work to get the results that you're after. So um, 
I have so enjoyed this. If people want to learn more about individual disability or to ask you some questions, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, you can reach me here on LinkedIn um, or you are welcome to shoot me an email uh, at, can, can I just put my contact information yeah, in the absolutely. comments? So I'll drop my email and my cell phone number in the comments um, or yeah, connect with me here. Absolutely. I'd love to talk with you about yeah. it. Well, this has been so much fun. And again, I can't thank you enough for stepping up at the last minute to, to fill in. Um, you would have never known this was unplanned. So anyway, <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Nancy. This was a, a complete joy. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you.